0: Welcome to the One More Podcast, as today is our Market Monthly Update, brought to you by our guest, Alex Stewart, from the Market Distillery Report. So... Alex, thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Glad to have you. And for our audience at home that haven't heard our market updates, this is something Alex and I have been doing for about six years. And Alex is one of the co-founders of the Market Distillery Report. And what I love about this report is this is information that you just can't find on the internet. You know, and as we've gone around the city of Jacksonville, we've done countless presentations. The feedback that we always get is, I love it. And you simplify it to where I can understand it. So I, I, to me, that is, that is what I'm ready to share with our audience today, as well as, you know, again, information that's not out there. In our previous talks, we talked about the noise in the industry, and today we get to talk about some facts. Right. We're numbers guys, so this is fun. So, Alex, thanks for being on the show again. Uh, can't wait to kind of go over this. And, and again, this is going to be a monthly segment we do, and Alex will join us from time to time. But this is a fantastic uh, report brought to you by The Market Distillery Report today. So, again, thank you for being on. Awesome. Glad to be here. So let's talk a little bit about our market. We have headlines that talk about, wow, we're in a market shift. You, know, you kind of use that word right now, and it's a very different interpretation of the word depending on what realm you're, you're, of real estate you're in. But the reality is the market's getting back to normal, and that's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. But as we kind of, you know, traject from 2019, 2020, 2021, some people get a little fearful of that. Sure. Because it's not quite the experience they had in 1920 and 21. And I think some of that comes from the fact that I would, I would pretty much say 50% of real estate agents – have not been in the business longer than those three years. Same thing for originators. They've not been in the business for longer than that time frame. So all this was was just a huge mountain of success that was normal to them, but normal to people that have been in the business longer than that doesn't, doesn't look like those three years. And that's kind of what we're getting back into. So let's, as we kind of go through our little chart that we've put together here to kind of describe that, uh, we did a nice one pager to kind of talk about the economic principles of a market. It's pretty simple. Supply, demand, and rates kind yep. of all really boil down and make that affordability metric that we look at. So let's start a little bit with supply and demand and kind of work our way through some of these metrics in uh, Northeast Florida. Sure. Yeah, as
1: we look at the market, I think it's important to remember that uh, if you haven't been in the market for more than three years, if you're uh, a realtor that started in 19, 20, 21, uh, you may not have gone through those mental challenges where you have weeks or months where they're off. Uh, We've been in a market that's just been running uh, for the last three years. So when we look at supply, we're talking about active listings and really the the price of those. And we use median sales price in this case as its most applicable outside of our our community.
0: And let's talk a little about median versus, we hear median and average. You know, break down what median means for our
1: audience. Sure. Yeah, median, you could make an argument that median is more relevant to a consumer from the standpoint of, it's not skewed by the $5 million house that sells Mm -hmm. that month or uh, you know, those long tails Um, it is, you line up all the houses that sold and you pick exactly in the middle. Uh, And, and so to move median takes a lot more sales one way or another so right. when you see median it's probably not going to move as fast as average which is add up all the sales and divide by the number of the sales and it's
0: also a very common metric amongst other cities so when we're comparing ourselves to our peers our other markets it's a favorable number for us to use as a comparison chart
1: correct okay. and and we've seen now you know the median price in Jacksonville sits at 365 Uh, This is up 18% from the same time last year. So that that tells you if you're a realtor or a homeowner that essentially if you bought last year, on average, you have an 18% gain in your property's value.
0: And I I think that's missed. We're actually up from last year. Right. Because, you know, the news, the headlines, and people that are in the industry that subscribe to the fear because that's that's what they know is what they want to go to, they would have you think the other way. Correct. That we're down.
1: Correct. Well, and they may gravitate towards the more recent of how does August compare to July, which technically we're down just under 3%. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at it on, a, on a sort of a chart, we're, we're sort of bouncing around. We really are – In my mind, we're running up against a ceiling of how high prices can go, given where rates are, given where people's incomes are. And until either rates or incomes change, we may see this live around this price point for a little while. Maybe we'll go down some. But at the end of the day, also, when we look at active listings, there's about 6,600 houses for sale. This is essentially flat. We're starting to see inventory peak as well. Uh, And... Without a huge amount of new houses coming on the market, prices are going to stay very, very stable.
0: Yeah, and I think you nailed it, starting to peak. Um, And I think when we look at supply, it's a huge portion of the economic principle of supply and demand. And what I continue to see, no matter what the news wants to tell me, is our supply is still very low compared to traditional numbers and traditional month of supply. We're still very low. Right. And I think that's something that's missed in this argument. Is it going up? Yes. Is it traditionally low? Yes. And I think those two things need to be talked about more than what they are right now. And I think once the audience and anyone that's in real estate or is a customer looking to sell or buy understands that, they still realize it's a seller's market.
1: Sure. Well, we're at 2.7 months of inventory. Traditionally, you see that as sellers still maintaining the Mm -hmm. majority of the control in the transaction. Uh, we know from the deals we're involved in that there is far more negotiation happening than there had been the last two years, but the last two years are an anomaly. We're used to a market where a seller and a buyer can work things out to where both sides really are coming away with a win versus the last two years. It was completely one-sided of the seller being able to demand everything you own and all future rights to everything you're going to own just so you could have a chance to to own that house.
0: Right. And so the other side of that equation would be the demand side. <clears throat> so we know supply is an economic principle, demand is economic principle. It's real simple. Supply, there's not a lot of it, but there's a lot of demand. You're going to see higher prices. And the other way around is if you have too much supply and not enough demand, the prices are going to come down. And so we measure demand in really six or seven different formats. We're going to focus on two of them right here um, for this conversation. That's pending sales and closed sales. Now, I think people always think about closed sales, like what's closing, but is equally as important. Thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but
1: we are gonna take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show.
0: I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family, and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at www.boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com boe mortgage.com because it's more than loans. It's people.
1: Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our
0: sponsor. All right. Now back to the podcast.
1: Yeah. So so pending is a look forward. It is a house went under contract Mm -hmm. and is now no longer for sale in terms of you know, open for, for any buyer to buy it. Someone has agreed to buy that house. And so we look at that as saying, okay, that's going to result in a sale in the future. So Mm -hmm. uh, you can compare pending sales and closing sales to get a, a decently broad picture of what's happening in the market. And we're seeing that closing sales are are roughly flat compared to last month, which is a good sign from the standpoint of they're not going backwards. Uh, We're off both in pending sales and closed sales from the same time last year but you're also comparing against the highs of the highs Uh, and that's, that's tough. Um, Now those are both probably tied to the rate, right? We know this, that that the cost of buying a house has increased significantly due to rates going up. The level of uncertainty for the client uh, for the realtor is, is very high compared to normal times. Um, But what we saw is in the month of August really rates, rates sort of hit a a bottom in the short term. And we see that, Responding in pending sales is they're up 7%. So, what that means is rates actually went down uh, from July to August, hit a low in August, and people jumped on that opportunity to go
0: under contract and buy a house. 100%. I think this is very important that, that our audience understand this point because our listeners understand that you're going to find times in the market that you can time the market. Are you going to get the absolute lowest? Probably not going to, you know, that's like trying to catch a falling knife. You're going to lose your fingers, but you can absolutely. Absolutely time it and say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick my point of entry here. And I think that's where it's real important that you work with your lender, you work with your team, and you say, listen, I know there's going to be times that I can take advantage of. Let me know. Because oftentimes these advantage points, right, these cycles, they only last about 36 hours. Sure. They don't last longer than three business days. I mean, they're here and then they're gone and you know imagine calling a customer that you had worked a pre-approval for and said hey hey we're ready to go and they go mm, let me think about it or i want to i want to wait might go lower it's gone literally within 3 days that 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 window is gone but what we see here is people that took advantage of that window whether they were entering at the right time or they got they took advantage of that call back whatever it is they said i'm going to go ahead and take advantage of this and the pendings came down
1: and it shows also the level of demand that exists in the market that is hard to quantify because these are people that are waiting for an opportunity. And if if you were to just look at the numbers and not see a month like this, you may be concerned that the market demand is drying up because mm-hmm. rates are going up and everybody's freaking out about that. But this shows us the market responded, and it responded strongly. I mean, 7% is a big number of an increase. Uh, that's you know we're mind boggled because last two years we saw incredible numbers but 7% is a huge number so for the market to respond to that that tells us hey look there is that level of demand that exists under the market and if prices dip if rates dip if the right house comes on the market that's a unique opportunity there's there's still plenty of people looking to buy that
0: house and i think you call that i love the term i've heard you say it in many of presentations that pent up buyer demand that's existing in the background and what we mean by that is that there are people actively taking applications, which is something that the market distillery you know, report measures, is applications being taken in our local market compared to other markets, and that shows a demand in our market. And those applications are not falling off at these higher rates. You would think that that would be completely down and it wouldn't be happening. That's not the case. The case is the appetite is just not being met based on the affordability metric right now, or it's a timing issue. But the appetite is there. So. Again, to your point is if we meet that appetite, people are going to start coming back into this market such as they did in August when they timed it out. Yep,
1: absolutely. And I think what we'll have to look at is obviously where rates go, that where rates go will lead our market one way or another. And as we've said before, this market is not in a major danger of having prices fall off a cliff. We don't have enough houses on the market. You would have to see house, the house count double triple to get to a point where really house prices became a risk. What we stand a risk of is if, if rates go up of buyers and sellers, both saying let's hit the pause button. I want to move, but it doesn't feel like a good time to do that. And I'm going to wait and see if it gets better because in the last six months, this whole thing has changed for everybody. And maybe the thought is in the next six months, it might
0: change back. So let me ask you a question. If um, you're a buyer and you're looking to get into this market right now. And maybe you were discouraged by the market the last 18 months. Because let's face it, the last 18 months, houses were selling in three hours, three minutes. I mean, it was very not normal. And that discouraged a lot of buyers, and especially those buyers that may need some sort of relief in the form of seller concessions, You know, maybe a price negotiation, something. Would you say now is the time for that buyer to come back into the market?
1: I think absolutely it presents an opportunity that they haven't seen. Yes, the rate is going to be higher than what you could have gotten before. But ultimately, if you never got that rate, was that rate really even an option for you? That's the hard part. Uh, And so right now we have a chance for buyers to come to the table with sellers that may be a little bit more willing to negotiate a little bit more eager to go ahead and capitalize on this. And we're seeing a lot of opportunities where buyers are able to get tremendous credits. Mm -hmm. This helps save them on closing costs. This helps to buy their rate down, which allows them to get a little bit more towards the rate they wanted. And there's plenty of options out there that help people really make something work. Whereas it, it feels like it might not work. And, and truly the right house is what matters. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we shouldn't miss if, because supply is limited. If, if you are waiting for both the right house and the rates and you know, all the credits, that may be a unicorn that never happens because we both know that if rates go down, it's a feeding frenzy again. Mm -hmm. And so you may, you may miss out. So if you can get the right house now, at the end of the day, that may present you an opportunity to capture what matters most in this equation. And then it, you shouldn't go out of your budget and, and put yourself in trouble to do that, but your loan is not there forever. Yeah, that's and there's exactly options. what I was getting ready to say. I think options. a lot of
0: buyers forget that, that first loan you get or the loan you get at the point of closing, you don't end with that loan. Right. You never do. You may pay it off in the form of a refinance or just pay it off because you've come in great financial times, but you don't end with that loan. You don't see that loan through a 30-year term, so most mortgages are very temporary to begin with. Right. Being in the house could be longer, but the mortgage itself is temporary. That's, that's why people do refinance. So the ideology of this being your rate and your term for quite some time is probably not a reality. So it's good for buyers to keep that in perspective as well. And yep. if I'm a seller, and I think this is fair to say, a lot of sellers also got, got a false notion of what the market's like over the last 24 months, 32 months really, because it was selling. On the flip side of that coin, they were, hey, put a sign in the yard, it sold. And, and sold for way more than you were asking. Plus, no one was asking for anything in return. It was just a feeding frenzy at that time because rates were lowered. And that kind of paints the picture of what rates can do to the market plus demand. And that's what you're speaking to that if these rates come down, we're going to be right back in that opportunity. So go ahead and take advantage of getting the property that you want now. Then, when those rates do come down, you can just refinance it. And now you don't have to worry about that, that frenzy that's going to take place that you described. So um, I did want to mention this that you mentioned a strategy of buying down the rate. And I know that the team over at Bank of England does a really good job with that. And I also wanted to say that if you want more information on that 2-1 strategy buy-down, or even a seller buy-down that you're talking about, visit the Bank of England website. And then I also wanted to say this, if you're very interested in this and you want more data, you want to see where rates are going. You want to see a forecast that's out there for the next two to three to five years. The Market Distillery Report's a fantastic place to check that out. You can sign up to be on the mailing list and also subscribe to the information they have there. Fantastic group, fantastic information. Can't say enough about your time over here, Alex. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me and looking forward to what we do in the future. Absolutely.
0: I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it.
1: One more chance, I'm gonna take it. I'm in it I said it now, it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so I put them all into it, yeah.